What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Shout out to everyone uh, who continues to support me and continues to watch and listen and enjoy all the stuff that we do. We appreciate it so much. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. Like, you know, every day we get emails and messages and feedback. And, you know, when I talk to people, they just tell me about their experiences and it and it always gives us ammunition and, and we do appreciate it. I don't want you guys, everybody out there, even the person that's listening right now, I do appreciate you guys a lot. Uh, to be able to to do this for a living and help you guys out with your dogs is a dream come true. So it doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, we do pump out a lot of content. We don't get to respond and see every single nice thing and mean thing that we get, but we do appreciate it a lot. So thank you guys for listening. This is a podcast about resource guarding. This is a topic I think a lot of people are interested in, and I do touch it every now and then. And this is a client with a Dutch Shepherd, Pitbull, Pressa, and uh, I think one other breed, uh, a Pitbull, a Pitbull, Pressa, Cane Corso, and a Dutch Shepherd, and they're working on resource guarding. The dog uh, bit the owner. We have some video footage that we're going to be going over of the incident happening, so this is a great, great podcast for anybody that's interested in behavior as well as, obviously, um, specifically resource guarding. Um, so enjoy the podcast at the end of the podcast, I'll be answering your questions. So if you're listening to this and you want to ask me specifically a question, head over to the iTunes review chart and leave a review and your question in the review. As a reminder, I'll be in the London area next month to do a dog training seminar. I'm so excited. We still have working spots and audit spots available where you can come bring your dog to work with me privately or you can come and watch and learn all the stuff that you need to do. Um, so all the link and all this, all this information is in the, in the link below. All right. Enjoy. What's going on? So we have a 10-month-old Presa Canario um, that we brought into the home that we also have a Connie Corso, a Dutch Shepherd, and a Pitbull. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a little backstory. The Presa was not obviously um, planned to come into the home with three other dogs. <laughs> um we had, uh, me and my wife had separated and I purchased the dog while we were separating. We got back together. So, um, the biggest issue we're having is he is becoming food aggressive with her. Um, with, with who? My, my wife. Okay. She can hear you. She's here too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So she's, he's becoming food aggressive with her. Um, I can, she can hand feed him. I can hand feed him and hold the bowl 
everything except if you put it down into we have Stand. one of those stands. Mm-hmm. He becomes aggressive over that, and she, he actually bit her Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Um, so that's our biggest issue, and I'm comfortable training dogs. I just have no idea how to deal with this one. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> sure. So, you know, obviously you got a lot going on at the house with a lot of dogs. All those dogs mm -hmm. are, you know, uh, challenging. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, when did the, when did you start seeing the food aggression? Did it happen like between the eight and 12, t 10 month mark? Let's yeah. say it was probably, yeah. And I'd watched one of your videos and learned that when they're intact, of course he is, that's about the time they change. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we did notice it was kind of gradual at first. It was with the other dogs. If um, I was telling, like, the Corso to stay out of the shepherd's bowl, um, the Pressa, Dominus, would start, like, barking. Uh -huh. um, and then that gradually, like, seemed to turn into, like, resource guarding. Um, so we moved his bowl. That helped. And then it gradually started getting worse again. So we started hand feeding him and then it was fine. And then we had to move his bowl again because um, he actually has gotten into it with like the pit bull and the shepherd. He hasn't gotten into it with the Corso, but. Um, is So the court, so the, the press is a male, correct? Yeah. We have three males and a female. So the pit bull is Cinder, she's spayed. And then Bravo is the Dutch Shepherd. Aries is the Connie Corso. All three males are intact. And our female, Cinder, she's spayed. Okay. So you started seeing the Pressa become food aggressive or resource guarding around that. Um, around the other dogs. Yeah, yeah. Around the 8 to 12 or 8 to 10 month mark. Yeah, I'd say yes. he was probably eight and a half, nine months old. Yep. Yeah, because before he could eat right next to him and there was no problem. Yeah, but before he was a puppy too. So yeah. <laughs> once dogs once dogs cross that line, that's where and I don't mean line in a negative way, but that maturity mm -hmm. line, that's yeah. where everything will change. That's where you'll start to see yeah. the type of dog that the dog he's gonna be. So mm. um anyway, that's where that happens is again that's why it's like it's literally like clockwork for me um yeah. it's like every single time it's like the same thing eight to 12 months the dog just mm. and again it's not necessarily a, well it, it is unfortunate for you guys with the situation that you're dealing with but once dogs mm -hmm. hit that sexual maturity they become a, they become a dog they become who they are so yeah. everything they did prior to that in my right. in my opinion especially with like a kind of like these bigger more uh, protective dogs it it doesn't yeah, yeah there's like no correlation it's like okay that that little puppy that you had is now a completely different dog and this is the dog you have I got you. so it's it so you're not seeing um okay so when you put the food down in the raised feeder it sounds like yeah that's where you're seeing the dog fully possess the food and, and explain to me the incident of the bite on, on Saturday. Um, so, well, um, do you have an email I can send? I have a video of it. So what did, um, so you put the food down and then, then what happened? Yeah. 
so before I even started, I put it down, he actually was already growling at me. Um, when you had the food so, in your hand? Yes. And that's happened before. One other time he was growling at me before um, I even put it down. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the instances that caused an issue between him and the pit bull. Um, she came over kind of like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Because I hadn't put his food down yet because he was growling at me and I'm like, okay, well, you're doing something I don't want you to do. So like you can calm down and then I'll give you your food. Mm. Um, and that's when like my, the pit came over (laughs) cause she was going to correct him. Cause she sees like, she's been the alpha for, you know, the longest. Mm. Um, and then they ended up getting into it. Like he didn't even eat his food until after the situation. I couldn't even, you know, get his food down. Um, so on Saturday I had his bowl in my hand. He's growling at me, sitting, looking at me, but he was growling. Mm -hmm. The other dogs hadn't started eating yet. And I put his food down cause he stopped and I was petting him. We had him on, I had him on a leash at this point because we started putting him on a leash because you know, there was issues going on with other dogs. And then we've also, you know, since Saturday, we've been feeding him separate. Yep. Um, so I'm petting him. He's growling at me. I tell him to stop because I was, you know, we'd pull him away to work with him to, you know, teach him not to do that, to redirect him. Yeah. And so I had done that, let him eat again. I told him, okay, he starts eating again. I'm petting him. He's growling at me. So I pull him away. Dominus sit. And he's sitting, looking at me, and he did try to snap at me when he was eating, and that's why I pulled him away again. So he's in a sit-stay, and I reach out, tell him good boy, and when I'm bringing my hand back, he lunges up and bites me. Mm, okay. And then he instantly lays down. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so it's just it's just conflicting for him, because his... <sighs> he's there's part of his brain that's like you need to do this and then there's the other part of the brain that's like you shouldn't do this yeah so that's that's probably what's happening more than anything yeah. uh, which is common well, it is weird sorry yeah it's fine it's just it's very common with dogs who get into this situation where their genetics their i don't know protectiveness yeah these things start coming in Mm -hmm. and then you know like this is mine i want to give it to me i think he was being a brat honestly um i think he was mad that i you know was taking him away from his food and Mm -hmm. yeah and and that's where you're gonna get that okay i'm gonna do this oh crap i made a mistake and yeah and that's and like I said before, that's very common. These things, mm-hmm. these things happen. These, especially with these, these breeds, they again mm-hmm. they get they get very. Uh, uh, like I said, they get very uh, conflicted about what they think they should shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So well, and I know that's from you know not a clear, you know, leadership, and our relationship is obviously there's something missing. I'm not doing something right. Um. I'm like the, I'm the fun mom. I'm the loving one. Like I take their training seriously, but I feel like I do let them get away with a lot more than like Derek does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that can be, you know, problematic in establishing that role <laughs> where they take you seriously. It can which be. Which is why yeah. I think 
Yeah. Yeah. And I know that they're independent thinkers, so. Yeah, they, they definitely can be. It's not always. Sometimes, again, there's just certain breeds like, you know, Rottweilers, things like that. They just, mm-hmm. no matter like <clears throat> how good your relationship is, you're just going to hit this wall. And if your relationship is good and your training is good, when you hit that wall, you'll be able to overcome it and you'll be fine. But yeah. but if you do hit that wall and you don't have a good relationship and the dogs don't look at you as I, 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 it's so overused and cliche, but like leader or whatever. But that's yeah. really what it comes down to is if the dogs, if you're not leading, you're following. So if mm-hmm. the dog can take advantage of you in that way or feel mm-hmm. comfortable. Now, Derek, does do you feel like that would happen to you or has it happened to you? No. Okay. No. Uh, he okay. has. He's growled at me a couple times with the food bowl on the stand. Um, but I literally told him to leave it. Pull, had him come sit down, and then I let him come back to the food. And, I mean, that's happened once or twice. Mm. Like I said, I, hand, I can hand feed him. I can hold the bowl. Um, and then I also make him work for the food during food time, like, you know, the sit, lay down, mm-hmm. and hand feed him through that. And, um, but no, I don't. I don't think that he would bite me at all. Um, okay. He hasn't showed any aggression towards me whatsoever. Okay, and how? Um, so, right now, uh, the bite on Saturday. What did that bite look like in particular? As far as, um, like the, did you get injured? Was it bad? Does it was yeah, it quick? I mean- yeah, it was, it was like a quick snap. It could have been worse. I did. I've got like two puncture marks on my hand. Okay. Um, I got. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just got the video. Re- okay. Yeah, it went to my spam. Okay, I'm just gonna watch the video really quick. Um, okay. Okay, so you're at the front door there. Yeah. Putting them into a sit stay. Yeah, and the kitchen is on the other side of the living room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the dog, the other dogs are over yeah. in the kitchen. We're all the way over in the living room. Okay. So this is, sit, when you're doing the sit-stay and stuff, is, has he already growled at you at this point? Yeah. Okay, so you pet him. He's eating. Because he stopped. Yeah, because he had stopped. And he was just looking at me. And so I was like, good boy. Okay. And then, Ooh, yeah, yeah, when yeah, I'm yeah. Him back, that's when he got me. Okay. Okay. And I've never been bitten by a dog before, so I literally I went into shock. I had no idea what to do. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's not fun. I don't get <laughs> listen. Um, it's it, it doesn't matter how many times you get bit by a dog. It, it's not it's never fun. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's never. Yeah. I literally cried for like two hours. Like yeah, it's, I was broken. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's traumatic. I mean, because I didn't expect it to happen. Yeah, that's the scariest thing, right? When when you don't expect something like that to happen and then it does and then you're kind of thinking like wait what just happened mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah oh yeah i it's i mean if you if you yeah that like i said that's all i do and it's still i mean it mm-hmm. sucks every time but you know if you do yeah. it, do it enough you're like okay i can defend this <clears throat> i just did a video yeah. where i always like use the um when i work with dogs who have a bite history and they are actively mm-hmm. showing they want to bite me i use this little um i use my my elevated beds as a barrier. So instead of like fighting the dogs, I just use the <laughs> elevated bed and it's just a lot yeah. easier to, a lot easier. Anyway. Uh, okay. So, all right. Thanks for sending the video. I got what we're working with. Um, so, you know, obviously it's, it's something that, yes, I think, 
I, it almost seems like to me, replaying the video, um, he definitely was reluctant immediately. Um, I'm yeah. just trying to, so I, I just think here, I think here's what happened. I think when, when that food was there, did you, mm-hmm. did you take him off the food? So when he, when you released him to the food to eat, like he's eating, you pet his, his back and then yeah. it, it looks like he moves. He kind of like, like snapped at me a little bit, like over his shoulder, like leave me alone. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I've thought that was you know something we should do to try to get him to not you know do the guarding yeah Um, well there's so when so when he's eating and then is that is that what you mean like he snapped at you while he was eating yeah yeah he just kind of like snapped at me which he'd never done before oh i see i see okay so he's why i was like dominus come here okay i see so he's so he's eating yep and then you're petting him he growls at you snaps at you and then you correct him and move him away yeah, pull him away, redirect him, okay. put him in his so he can calm down. And then I was going to tell him, you well, know, okay. The problem, yes, you wouldn't have gotten bit. I could fairly confidently say I don't think you wouldn't have gotten bit if you didn't go over the top and pet him like that. Because yeah. that's where, A, like that's like the biggest don't ever do to most dogs in general. Like dogs hate it. They do not like that. But he's at this point in this threshold now where he's you're doing some obedience around the food and he's like okay fine okay fine okay fine and it's looking good and then you're like okay you can have it and then you start petting him and he's like dude get away from me and he growls at you and you correct him you move him away from the food and then you tap his head with your hand and that's where he just snapped so it to me it makes perfect sense like Mm -hmm. There's no thing in here that I'm like, wow, that's strange. Wow, that's weird. Now, because <laughs> <laughs> I pet him. <laughs> yeah, don't don't take don't take that for me saying that it's appropriate and it's okay because it's not. I'm just yeah, saying no. when I'm watching this video play out, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like that's there's. Are like, you saying dogs don't like being pet on their head, or like you shouldn't pet them while they're eating? Well, both. <laughs> um, so, but but again, like I wanna I wanna have I wanna have a a clear identity of what I'm saying. So, should you be able to go and do these things? Yes, without getting mm-hmm. bit. Yes, like should you be able to go up and pet your dog while they're eating? Yes. Should you be able to pet your yeah. dog in the head? Yes. But like, there's so many signs of, um the dog being uncomfortable and just the more you push it. And that's why it's like a gray area because there's just like this respect boundary and, Mm -hmm. and, and then there's this like, okay, like how far are you going to push it? So to me, it's just, like I said, looking at that video, it it, it makes perfect sense in what happened, but you should be able to pet your dog while they're eating. And you should, you also should be able to, pet your dog in the head. But one of the things that dogs do not like is when you come over their head and Mm. pet them. That's like the, when we teach, we teach, um, I work with a a local hospital here in in the area and Mm. we, we teach kids on what to do and what not to do. And that's one of the things that dogs just don't like. They don't like people going over their heads, um, Mm. especially when they're in a sit. So if they're in a sit and they're looking up, you're basically just kind of tapping, tapping the top of their head. Um, so to me, he's he's 
he's already upset because the food, he's getting frustrated. You pull him away and then you do the head topping thing. It's just, it's kind of like a, I don't know. Dogs just see it very, they don't like it. Like, like demeaning kind of. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, Hey, like it's just, it's annoying to them. And so again, like that's been a trigger for years, um, Hmm. in my education, uh, for, for what I've seen and for what I've done, dogs don't do it. That's why we like never tell kids to go over top. And then that's why if you do it to a dog, what they typically do is they lean back like a boxer and they watch your hand with their eyes because they don't know what you're doing. They can't see what you're doing. Yeah. You're going on top. So that's why a, it's always, yeah. It freaks them out because you're supposed to like pet their chest. Um, yeah, well. I say supposed to, but I mean, the reality is, is every single dog is completely different. It's just as a general statement of petting dogs, you don't want to pet Mm -hmm. them on the, you don't want to tap them on the top of their head. Now their face, whatever, like that's a little bit different, but once you go reach over their head, over their, their eyes on top of their head, they don't, they don't like that. That's, I mean, if you, yeah, exactly. Their line of vision is gone. And and like you said, it's kind of like this almost demeaning, like I'm picking on you type thing some, somewhat. Yeah. But if you look and at- it's already hyped up about the food. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. So you set them up. Well, set yourself <laughs> up really. But if you go back and look at it mm-hmm. and you slow it down, when you, when you pet, when you went over his head, he takes mm-hmm. his head and he starts to lift it up. And that's where- oh, like- yeah, he starts to lift it up to follow your hand because they don't. A lot of dogs. And I'm just this. I'm like, good boy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't think I could. I feel very confident to say that if you didn't do that, that was like the last thing for yeah. him. Because, like, for me, like I said, we always, always, always tell people don't pet on top of the head. Dogs don't like it. Um, now again, like if he comes over and you're sitting on the couch and he rubs by you and you're on the top, that's a different thing. But when he's sitting yeah. in front of you and yeah, you're like in front of me, exactly. And then you just go right over top of his head. Yeah. So I'm, ne- I'm not saying don't think of it as never touch. Never exactly. It's just, exactly. Yeah. It's I understand what you're saying. And it's good to know that because I was like, I mean, just, I don't know. I was like, he beat me for no reason. <laughs> like, I was so emotional about it. But then um, Derek had watched one of your videos, and I don't remember which one it was, babe. But mm. then it was like, oh, he's, you know, he was like, he's frustrated. To me, then, this is yeah, this is one plus one equals two. This is yeah. as clear as day. Like that's why I created no bad dogs is because this yeah, this stuff happens every day. It's like out of nowhere, and yeah. then I go to court and I'm like, please don't kill the dog. This is very, yeah. very, very, very clear that you know. So yeah. Well, I knew, well, and that yeah. was that was one of the big reasons I contacted you because she had the fear that he's just gonna become this huge man eater and kill every person and every dog and I'm i was like, getting a little over dramatic yeah. <laughs> i was upset <laughs> and i'm like honey it's happened because i've been bit i've worked with cat, police dogs canines and it's one of those that i've seen it happen i've been bit so i've yeah. tried to tell her that you know it's it happens <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So to me, I mean, like I said, it's not good. Um, you want your dogs to, so on the flip. Okay. So you want your dogs to be more tolerable. You want your dogs to be more patient. You want your dogs to have more understanding of, 
uh, who you are and what, what they should be to you. Um, but, but in this, you know, like in this situation, the dog is like telling you, like, there's just this rattlesnake that's rattling and and you got nailed. And so for me, like a behavioral standpoint and knowing the, well, the, I don't, we don't see a lot of presses, but I know what they are. Um, you know, the breed is, is again, stubborn, pushy guardian. I mean, that's, that's, that's their jam. Um, -hmm. So, so to me, it all makes sense. Like I said before, I don't want to say it's appropriate and it's cool or anything because it's not. I'm just saying it's not out of nowhere. It's very clear what was about to happen. So, I would I would suggest what what I would suggest is yes, it has to do with your relationship, but mm-hmm. there's a there's a point in time where when you're working with a dog that is I and I always talk about this, especially in my like lives or my members club stuff is it resource guardian is, is can be a very uh, dangerous thing to work with because there's a huge spectrum of what it can be. Some resource guarding is a dog um, getting a little upset when, when they're eating or when they have something and then it could be as serious as this or even more serious where the dog continues to come after you. This dog immediately had a tantrum fit, bit you, years back laid on the ground and knew that they messed up. That's mm-hmm. when a dog bites somebody that's, I mean, if it's going to happen, that's what you want to see. You want to see the dog immediately remorseful and know that they've made yeah. a mistake. But yeah. at the same time, um, just understanding from a human standpoint of why that happened. So <clears throat> resource guarding in general, again, is when I say in general, meaning uh, the core of it is, again, a resource. So the dog perceiving something as a resource, such as uh, food in this case, or it could be items, it could be shoes, socks, um, toys, bones, etc. Mm-hmm. So, but there's a, there's a time in a, there's a time in the resource guarding process that in my experience, what you want is you want some patience, you want some respect. And then once you release the dog to that, you want to really just be like, okay, now it's yours. Especially when you're talking about food with three other dogs in the house, it becomes of a point of no return, if you will, where once the dog is eating, they've given you everything that you've wanted. They've been patient. They've done obedience. And now they just want some peace and quiet and eat. Mm -hmm. For me, when I'm working with again, resource guarding dogs, those are things that I typically will like, okay, I'm going to let this go. The dog has done everything I wanted. Their face Mm -hmm. is in the bowl and Mm -hmm. they're eating their food. I'm not going to continue to poke the bear. However, what you can do and what I've done in the past is instead of getting on top of the dog as they're eating and then them growl and say, hey, get away from me. uh, What you don't want to do is correct the dog in this case, let me say, because this is very, that's why I really do not do videos or education on resource guarding because it's like all of my videos, every single video is going to be on the dog that's in front of me. Exactly. But when you're and and typically people can like take apart pieces of a training video and apply them to what they're doing. But when you're doing resource guarding, the problem with that is it could be very dangerous if it doesn't go right. All the other videos that I do, if it doesn't apply to your dog, it just won't work. <laughs> so yeah. this particular situation and uh, I guess topic can be dangerous. That's why I don't touch it. Mm-hmm. I don't put it out there. 
You know, the, mm-hmm. I did one, I did this one thing on a puppy video when your dog is between eight months or uh, eight weeks to about 16 weeks as their puppies, you want to go into their food dish and play with it and pull it apart and really just teach the dog. So that stuff doesn't happen. So mm-hmm. what, what you could be doing is, uh, recalling the dog off the food, uh, to reward them with equal or greater value. So instead of getting on top of the dog and petting its back while they're eating and growling at you, and then once the dog growls enough to correct, because to me, this dog gave you, I mean, again, I'm advocating for the dog, of course, but this dog gave you like ample opportunities to just be like, okay, you're done. Because you were, he was growling at you as you were petting him, and then you corrected him, which I am very um, surprised that at that moment he didn't turn around and have a problem with you. So, mm-hmm. because that's typically where you'll detonate a, a reaction. Yeah. The dog's like on top of the thing that they're resource guarding, aka the food. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. actively eating. Mm-hmm. You're petting them, which is pissing them off. And then you then you correct them and, and cause them some discomfort for doing that. That's typically where you'll see the dog just go, that's it. But he didn't. Yeah. He was like, okay, now what do you, he's like Morning, looking at, you know. he's like, yeah. well, now what you want me to do, mom? Okay, sit. Okay, fine. I'll sit. And then the head, and then boom, boom, boom on the head. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. This is bullshit. So I gotcha. yeah. So what I would do is, um, and I'm saying this because, if I was there, it'd probably be a different game plan because I'd be like be able to poke through it. But what I would be doing is, I'd be outside of the food. I would be working on recall with him and him only, like just bringing him okay. out on a long line, mm-hmm. no other dogs, saying his name and recalling him, and then paying him with something really of high value. So, whatever treats you have or chicken or whatever, just really paying him with high value. Um, then what you could do is you could uh, – what is – does he eat kibble? Yes. Okay. So what you could do is uh, – what you want – the goal and the objective is to recall him off the food for mm-hmm. higher or greater value. So you yep. – you because what it does is it gives you an opportunity to kind of start working with – I want you to leave – because resource, again, at its core is this is a – hundred dollar bill in my bucket and mm-hmm. I've I'm poor and I don't have any money and if I don't get this hundred dollars I might die yeah or this is my hundred dollars there's three other siblings and adults or humans in the room mm-hmm. I really just want to enjoy my hundred dollars like please just let me enjoy this right whatever so that's where that comes from and the, and so what you can do is you can say, hey, man, come over here. Look what I have. And he's like, the objective is just to give him like $110, where you're like, I have this over here. And fundamentally with the behavior, you want the dog to commit to move away from their $100 bill in their bowl to go to you mm-hmm. to get payment, and then you can re- release them back to their $100 bill. And I think he needs to learn, like, the other dogs aren't going to eat his food. I think that may be something he's worried about as well. Yeah. Which is why I think feeding them separate has helped. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do you think we should continue to feed him separately? Yes. I. Okay. Yes, because two things is 
it's very uncommon for an intact household to be successful without incidences. Very uncommon. Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's very I I I I've seen it and I talk about it. I'm like it it can happen, but it's very mm -hmm. uncommon. So yeah. What's more common is the the one of the males getting to that maturity part in their life where they're now a big dog and they're going to start pushing things around and start checking checking stuff out um yeah. that testosterone's going to start pushing uh mm -hmm. what what could happen is don't give them any reason to have a fight because once that fight happens it typically will then be habitual it'll happen over and over and over once two males start like really kind of checking each other's boundaries that's where mm -hmm. it just is consistent and then you have to separate the dogs forever or get rid of one so mm -hmm. You don't want to give them any reason. Again, you're dealing with um, just really strong-willed, strong-minded. Like It's like having the Hells Angels getting all drunk at the same bar at the same time <laughs> and somebody coming in and being like, I hate bikers. And you're like, what? You get yeah. all that. You get all mm -hmm. that. They're just ready to go. And, 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 and again, I'm saying this like I chose to keep my dog intact for, for, for health reasons, so I'm not telling you like, oh, what you should and shouldn't do. I'm just saying the reality is, is when you get working dogs that are, they all have their own quirks of, yep. you know, what they're. I think they, like, they don't like. that, That's another thing. The Dutch Shepherd and the Pressa are direct working line dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, so. so it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. And, um, yeah. so anyway, I wouldn't give them any reason to start going after it because there's a good chance is once they get into that one fight, you're either going to have to separate them for life, deal with the dog mm -hmm. fighting or get rid of one. Those are typically the only options you'll have. Yeah. Which if we decided we did want to neuter them because that was something that we had discussed before, we just never did with the Corso and the shepherd because they got on fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it uh, listen, it, you could, you could get, you could do it again. I mean, you could do it again with the press. I'm just saying, in my experience, once the intact dogs start going at it, they don't stop. That's it. Gotcha. Well, yeah. You know, it's like I always tell people it doesn't matter what happens after. If somebody punches you in the face one night because they're mad at you, your relationship <laughs> with that person changes forever. I don't care. It's just how it goes. Like, mm -hmm. It's just you have you have a little bit of that guard up or you're like, well, at one point in life, you turned around and punched me in my face and hurt me. So I just, mm. you know, your relationship is different. You can be buddies and hang out and be around each other and act, you know, like nothing happened. But the reality is, is you know, and they know it happened. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, yeah. Would, would, yeah. In, in your opinion, because the, none of the males have got in it, into it with each other. In your opinion, would it be beneficial to have them neutered? Well, I understand the help. The press I wouldn't want to do now because I don't think he fully mature, but the other two have. There, I I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. Nobody okay. nobody knows. Um, the only yeah. thing that we know, and I've talked to different specialists about this, different veterinarians about this. I've done multiple yeah. podcasts on this. The only thing that we know is if you do neuter them, it takes away their testosterone. But yeah. there's something that once a dog fully matures, it's kind of like once you – as a human start, you're able to grow a beard. It's not like you cut your beard and you're 12 again. It's like, no, you're still 45. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're still, <laughs> yeah. 
you're, you know, I always tell people if you've ever seen Billy Madison, where Adam Sandler's <laughs> sitting in the the room full of Miss Lippies, like you know, second graders, and he stands out like a sore thumb. That's kind of yeah. that's kind of what it looks like. So, I, I I don't know, I don't know for sure. I, I'm not sure what had happened. Some and again, like sometimes the dog the testosterone's gone and they're more relaxed and they're calmer and they're less eager to be like aggressive in the way that they act. Mm -hmm. And then other times it makes it worse. Yeah. I've read a lot of like, like, um, you know, back and forth info and it's like people will get their dogs neutered thinking they'll stop marking in the house, but then they still keep marking after they're neutered. People are like, why are they doing that? A hundred percent. That's the same. Exactly. That's what people was like, Oh, well, if I fix my dog, will they mark? I'm like, yeah, probably because they've, they, it's already there. It's already ingrained. So anyway, I don't, I can't answer that. That's really, nobody knows. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I would keep them separate and then Mm -hmm. I would, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't catch your wife's name, Derek. Sydney. 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 Sydney, Australia. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So Sydney, Australia. Sydney, I mm-hmm. would, I would start. Uh, I think your first of all, I think your relationship with this dog is better than you think, and because for what you did, I mean, he really he was he was very patient with you. I mean, he was like, okay, okay, yeah. are you sure? Okay, and then he wasn't. So, I would say getting him back out between you and him, and and working with him, and just mm-hmm. gaining like regaining that relationship and and rebuilding again, like think about the exercises that you can do as he's eating. So things like yeah. recall. So saying his mm-hmm. name, telling him to come, uh, all that stuff is a really good idea. Um, that way when he is eating and you recall him over, um, hopefully you give him an opportunity to, to get paid by something again, equal or greater. Um, that'll yeah. be huge benefit. So that, so you make it fun. So he comes over, he gets steak or chicken and you say, okay, buddy, mm-hmm. break. And then he goes right back to his kibble. Um, okay. The other thing that you can do too is like feed him in, in kind of sessions. So if you're not doing hand feeding, which you also could, but again, because mm-hmm. this dog doesn't care if you're hand feeding, he only really gets possessive once the food's in the bowl. Once the food's down, exactly. You could smear a little bit of peanut butter on the bottom of his bowl so he has to work for it for a little bit, and then you mm-hmm. can recall him off of that. Um, you just have to be really careful about any type of correction that you're giving him. Um, well, I would. He- you would be able to give him maybe a little bit of pressure. So there's a difference between direction and correction, just giving him some consistent pressure on the leash and he commits to you and you say, yes, good job. And then you pay him. Um, That would be really helpful to start breaking down that resource. Um, But again, to me, as a whole situation, you have a dog that is starting to develop resource guarding issues and then you were kind of poking the bear and then, you know, you you kind of got what you signed up for, fortunately. Yeah, and I was already nervous um, and, like, anxious. So I don't know if he was sensing that. And so he kind of knew, like, he was just like, dude, like, get away from me. Yeah, and I think you You both were. I was probably making him uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Even more so because I was already nervous. And I was just like. "Um." Yeah. But I I have hand-fed him since it happened. I was a little nervous, but, like, with Derek there. Um, but it kind of did like shatter my confidence and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, but I like, I enjoy working with the dogs. I enjoy training with them. Like I've been to training with the, um, shepherd and the Corso. So, you know, I was like, I thought I like 
knew what I was doing. I have no idea. <laughs> Obviously, I, I didn't have any idea because I didn't know he didn't like being petted on the head. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't I don't think it was necessarily the petting on the head that made him bite you. It was the correct other stuff. <laughs> yeah, the corrections, the petting, the body pressure while he's eating and growling at you. It's just when you mm-hmm. pet him on the head is what detonated it. He, that was the last yeah. straw. Yeah. So okay. when in doubt, anytime that you're dealing with a dog that is showing you signs of um, again, like what you, I mean, dogs, it's just like when a dog rattles their, or I'm sorry, when a snake rattles their tail, like a rattlesnake, they're going to, that's the next step. So when a dog is growling, that is the next step typically. So when in doubt, if you don't know what to do, if you keep pushing, there's only really one outcome is you're going to get bit. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what to do, you just walk away. It's better to let him win than you get bit because he's already won over and over again. And if you're not prepared or equipped to handle what he's about to throw at you, then mm-hmm. you just let him win. That's just, that's what you would do. It's safer yeah. to walk away. Well, that's like after he bit me, I was like, I had told him to load up, but I was like, I don't even think that's the right thing to do because I, we don't use his kennel as like punishment. That's his place. That's his safe place. And that's where he sleeps. And he goes to, even if the door's open. So like, I didn't know what to do, but I was just like, I let him finish eating his food. I was like, okay, eat, eat your food. I'm sorry. I fucked with you. <laughs> like, yeah. And then he was fine. And once the food is put up, there's literally no issues. He He's calm and relaxed again. There's no issues with the dogs. Like, cool as a cucumber. Mm-hmm. And we also, so yesterday when Derek fed him, um, Dominus had growled at him a little bit when the food was in the stand. Like, we got rid of the stand because I don't know if it's that or like, I don't know. Because usually he doesn't growl at Derek, so. Yeah. But then once he picked it up, then Dominus was fine again. He wasn't, hmm. I don't know, if it's sand or just the food being down and him having, you know, sole possession of it or whatever. Yeah. And again, like, you have to pick your battles. Like, if this mm-hmm. is a dog that's like, hey, I don't care what you do, what you throw at me, what it is, I'll hand feed, all that stuff. But, like, when I'm actually eating, I just, I have this thing inside of me. Um, so there's just points in time in your training where you have to take your losses. But really, you know, you have to look at it as like, is it a loss? If I'm like, hey, I'm just going to feed this dog in his crate. And when he's done, I'm going to open the crate and I'm going to take his bowl, bowl away. And if you do that every day, you'll never see a problem again. That's just, again, you have to, you have to pick your battles where you're like, okay, do I want to fight this dog? Because for you, you can't, you can't fight that dog, Sydney, because you don't, you're not confident doing it and you don't know how to do it, which is fine. Not many people are. I would say one out of 10 people are comfortable doing that. (laughs) So, so what I'm saying is, is if it's much better for you to set him up and you for success. Exactly. And don't, don't even try it. So for me, if you guys were like, Hey, should we push Sydney with this dog to try to figure this out or should we just feed this dog in his crate or whatever and let it ride? And to me, I would be like, well, the person isn't, Sydney is not equipped to, to, to go through this training. So it's much safer for both of you to just say, okay, how can we negate the problem altogether? Is that possible? Absolutely. Let's just feed him in his kennel by himself he eats, we open the kennel door, he runs out happy like he normally is, you take the bowl and you put it away and that's that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. But if it starts to go to other things, then that could be a problem. Because when you're dealing again with behavior, especially with resource guarding, it's very, it's very uh, pr- primal, it's very instinctual, it's very animal-ish, if you will. Yeah. 
And if the person, again, isn't experienced and equipped and confident enough to push through to not challenge, but to help this dog understand what the right decision is, then then it's easier for you to just set the dog up for success and say, Hey, this is, this is what we're going to do. Cause it's safer. Like, yeah. again, if I had like a 15 year old son, which at some point in my life, I will, um, mm-hmm. I would, they'd be like, Hey, can I, I'd be like, no, actually, why don't you just, let's do this. This is easier. This is safer. Why don't you just, yeah. you know, and same thing with kids. Like when I have, when I have my dogs outside, kids are like, can I pet your dog? I say, yeah, just let her go up to you. Don't go because that's what kids want to do. They want to go right over the head and the dog just backs up like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's too much. So you just have to make sure that you you have guidelines because if you're not again, if you're not willing, that's again, it's one of those things. It's not like pulling on the leash. You're not coming back when called or not stopping jumping on people. This is this is a Mm -hmm. battle for the dog and it's a battle for the owner. And if the owner isn't like really confident and pushing forward it's way better to just say, like, if I was standing there, I would have been like, hey, just walk away. Fine. Because you're going to get bit. Yeah. And it was a mistake on, again, like, looking at that video, I would have just said that's handler error. I mean, this dog is getting corrected at growling at the bull, getting pet at growling at the bull. We move away from the bull. The dog is pissed off more. And then we just smack the dog on top of the head. You know? So, yeah. So again, there's two different ways you can, you can go the route and start breaking down. All you have to do is find out creative obedience to, for this dog, creative, he's, he's on his bowl. He's eating in his bowl. You say, Hey buddy, come, come over here. Look what I got. You got a squeaker. You got a toy. You got chicken. He comes running over to you and you pay him heavily and then you break, break him and he goes right back to the bowl and you just, that's to help like lessen the value of the kibble or make it equal or, or spread it out. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like if you give him kibble or peanut butter in the bowl and you have steak in your hand and you call him over, that's Mm going to set him up to go, oh, that decision of going to the handler Mm -hmm. will provide me with something better than this resource. Yeah. And that's, that's what you're going to go to. So you eliminate that conflict because what the conflict is, is I haven't, it's like stealing somebody's lunch money and you're starving. And you're like, I got to mm-hmm. protect this. Like, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, like, I, I, yeah, I got to survive here. So that's what happens yeah. is the dog's like, this is my food. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to take it. And then there's somebody like, you know, picking on the dog as they're eating. Yeah. That's what you, you don't want that conflict, especially if you're not confident with it or experienced with it. Like, it's something I wouldn't do. And if I were to do it, I would always keep myself in a because dogs are animals and they're savages and they don't give a shit. So mm-hmm. there's two options in that situation. You know, when the dog comes at you, you can choke them out, hang them, wait for them to stop, and then try it again. Or you can just have a barrier in between you to keep it. When the dog comes after you, you just stand there. That's what I do with like my X pens and with my place cots. The mm-hmm. dog just hits that, hits that, hits that, and yeah, I just stand have there. A place- so, yeah, so those yeah. are those are all things. But again, I wouldn't be – you already know that that's poking the bear. So I yeah. would just try to lessen the value of what's in the bowl by okay. doing obedience that you've already practiced and conditioned. Mm-hmm. So the dog recalls to you. You pay them heavily and you let them go right back. So this dog has, yeah. their, has their cake and eat it too. And he is so – like he picks up things so quick. Like I taught him – to lay down after like two sessions. Mm-hmm. Like he, he learns ridiculously fast. 
Um, what is your opinion on, um, like, not necessarily food puzzles, but, like, taking the kibble and, like, putting in a towel, rolling it up, and, like, letting him use his mind to, like, get the food. Yeah. To, like, what do you, what, what is your opinion on that? For the, for the food? Um, just kind of, like, for, like, mental simulation, and I guess, yeah, like, I don't know if that would make it worse, because if he was, like, frantically trying to get to the food, if that would, like, up the resource guarding, or if it would just kind of allow him to use his mind and tire him out and let him chill and get his food that way. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't know if that would be productive or not. It could be. Um, it could be. It depends on, like, how you're – how what you're doing. But the, my suggestion for you is – the hand feeding, you could do the scatter feeding, you could do the games, you can do all that really fun stuff. But mm-hmm. to yes, you could do that. But it seems like the dog knows the difference between hand feeding training, game training, scatter feeding, which is where you like throw it on the ground, all that stuff. The dog will know mm-hmm. the difference between that training and then the dog sitting at the table with a fork and knife, like licking their chops ready to eat. Because I yeah. think there is a difference because it's out of With context. The down, him yeah. having access, so exactly. access to it. Exactly. Okay. So, so again, like to get creative, what you can do is you can get another bowl on the other side of the room, and you can say, "Dog, come." The dog comes, and then you have another bowl of. So, say the dog has one cup of kibble. You put a mm-hmm. quarter cup in the bowl that they're in, and then you have another same bowl on the other side of the room you say dog come you have another quarter cup over there the dog eats there and then you 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 as they're eating that you go back to the other and you put a couple pieces in there and you just constantly distribute the value into different buckets okay so the dog is like kind of working with you on it but once the dog is once that face and those jowls are in that bowl don't fuck with them i just yeah i just don't see like what's the point you know some people are like i I should you should but at what cost like you know you have this beautiful dog super friendly loves everything great thing but when Mm -hmm. this thing happens i'm like what's the point just to say Mm -hmm. you can i mean that's just not something i would i would advise the risk reward is not there for that 100 percent. that's exactly what it is it's like it's a it's a lose-lose the dog gets pissed you get bit now now what now my hands all fucked up. Yeah, and and it's like and it's like the dog is. T- it's not like it's out of nowhere. It's like, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it, completely like crazy. It's like the dog is telling you, "I'm going to bite you. Please stop messing with me." And it's just like poke yeah. and poke and poke and poke and like fine. And then when they do it, they're like shit. Nervous. Yeah, I think I was too nervous to see that. And Derek was at work, so yeah. I don't know. I was just well. Now you know. I mean, for sure, right? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, not that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just think once it's once you're at that point, you just okay. You know, again, it's like yeah. like you said, like at what point is risk reward? Just like yeah, like when he bit me. Like I said earlier, I was just like, okay, eat, eat your food. I'm like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think I'm too, a- it's just like <laughs> you have to realize that the way that dogs like. If you look at that situation where the where the way that the dog bit you, I mean, he could have mm-hmm. kept coming and kept coming and could oh, have yeah. held on and could have ripped and lashed and redirected and rebit and regripped and he didn't. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, he, you, you you tapped him on his head and he's like, "That's it." He snapped. He bit you. He put his ears back. <laughs> he laid down and said, "Sorry." 
So yeah, to me, like, but, but you know, the good thing is, is you guys have the good head about it. You know, you're reasonable, you're fair. Yeah. Uh, you reach out to a professional. Good thing but that it's there's, not his fault. right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But you don't, you don't understand how many dogs get put down for that. Like it's, inc- yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. Like, oh, cause the same thing, I mean, I mean, same thing, Sydney, you already said it. You're like, I don't know where this dog attacked me. And of course, you know, maybe a mm-hmm. husband comes home from work and doesn't know much about dogs. It's like, this thing's gone, you know, and yeah. then they euthanize it. And re- the reality is, is you go back and look and like, man, this dog gave you five opportunities yeah. to just get away and you still didn't. And yeah, so anyway, when you explain I'm like, oh, and that's what I told her. I was like, there's plenty of signs. Obviously, I couldn't, I don't know, near as much as you do. <laughs> no, but he like, did tell me plenty of signs that he was about to bite you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. Well, I, here's the thing, Sydney. I think the here's the and this isn't your fault. I think the misconception about when a dog growls, we have to be alpha and we have to make sure that they know that they're a bitch. Like that doesn't. That's not the way it goes. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. you, it's a very, very dangerous game, especially mm-hmm. with a, Oh my gosh, a dog that size, like it, it there's he's a big boy. Yeah. And he's going to get bigger. And so it's like, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. And and for me, when a dog growls again, like I worked with, um, the Albany medical emergency room and surgery center and reconstructive surgery. We worked, I worked with all the doctors about this, about making curriculum mm-hmm. for for dog owners about bites. And one of the things we say is like, if it, we almost want to be happy and grateful that a dog growls because they're giving us a fair warning that yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Oh. What, what, yeah. what really is scary, which has happened is when dogs don't growl, they just bite because yeah. now you got a rattlesnake that can't rattle. Imagine how deadly mm-hmm. that would be out in Arizona and other places. Oh, yeah. It would be terrible. It would be, they would be extinct. We'd kill them all. But now mm-hmm. that we know, like, oh, they're there, we respect that. Like, we're never going to go near that. But so when dogs growl, yes, it's a, yes, it's something that we have to consider to be something that we want, might want to work on, and we want to, you know, put it on, put it on a mental note to say, hey, this is, is this fair? Is this inappropriate? You know mm-hmm. what's going on. But when a dog growls, it's a very fair indicator to say, hey, I'm really getting upset here, and you have to just look at this. It, situation and figure out if it's an appropriate fair growl or it's not. And in this case, you get an eight month old intact, you know, dog that's face down into a bowl of food and we're poking them and petting them and correcting them and pulling them away and all this shit. And it's like, yeah. So anyway, just, so I just wanted to tell you, Sydney, like, I think that a lot of other people in your situation and your shoes would have done the same thing this dog's not going to growl at me. Correction. I'm, I'm big and bad. And the dog's like, Oh yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. Like I, I totally understand why you did it and why you think that because all of my clients come in and say the same thing. They're like, my dog growled and I had to alpha roll him and I had to pin him. And I've heard people say the craziest stuff, guys. Like <laughs> I had, I bit my dog in the ear. I, I barked at my dog. I mean, I've heard some crazy stuff and it's just a respect <laughs> thing to say, Hey, I'm uncomfortable. Don't mm-hmm. stop doing what you're doing. And then again, you can kind of step back and go, okay, like, is it fair? Is it not fair? Like, what do we do? So I just think it's more of a proactive game on your end than, than anything else because it's very singular. It's not when we're hand feeding, it's not around toys. It's not around treats. It's not around water bowls. It's just when that head is in that bowl, actively eating that meal Mm -hmm. um that's where we that's where we start to 
see these things. And some dogs yeah. will just turn and snap. They'll just, oh, mm-hmm. boom. He's just like, please get away, please get away, please get away, please get away. Like, really telling you. And like mm-hmm. I said before, that first correction you gave him while his head was in the bowl and actively growling and he didn't redirect there is shocking. I mean, it just tells you a lot about the dog. He's he's v- way more patient than probably what you guys would imagine from from my yeah. from my view. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I would do is out of the context, Sydney, I would work on those recalls. Dog come. Yes, mm-hmm. good. Um, but to be honest... If that's the only place you'll see it, feed him in the crate, shut the crate door, um, feed him in his own room, whatever. And then when he's done, he's done. That's it. That way you never you never come across that again. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we've been doing is feeding him downstairs away from all the other dogs. And he's been fine with that. Yeah. So. I mean, if, 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 if it were me, like if I was there, I would help you start to pick it apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a very... It's just not, you know, it's like my electrician, my electrician friends that are like, yeah, you could wire it yourself, you know, or <laughs> if you do it wrong, you know, it's like, okay, you want it, you just come do it. So I just yeah. think it's one of you're, those, you're like, you're like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just one of those things you don't, it's one of the things you don't really play with, with dogs, unless you really, really have experience and have success. Mm-hmm. So, um, you could, like I said, start peeling away that, um, resource by just paying the dog on a, on a nice recall. And again, mm-hmm. like working on it often. So don't give him the full meal in the bowl because once it's gone, then you can't work on it until the evening again. I'd be mm-hmm. paying him a little bit at a time, recalling the dog, paying him another food bowl on the other side of the room as he's eating okay. that, going back to the food bowl, filling it back up and just let them know. And you could even do like a triangle too, where he's eating food out of a tin bowl you go out to a triangle point, you put a bowl down, you put food there, you go out to a triangle point, you put food there, and he's basically just following you around. And he's yeah. waiting He's waiting for you. And so mm-hmm. if he comes up to a bowl and there's no food, and then you, you take it and you put it in there, he knows that you do it. And then you go over to the other side and you do it. But you just don't want to get down with him and have that conflict to say, hey, yeah. I, I could punch you in your face and pull you away from this right now, but just with that <laughs> type of dog... Yeah, like you said, like at what at what cost? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Will that help? Um, I guess my last question that I have for you. I know we're almost out of time, but um, will that help? Like the balance of our relationship? Because I feel like I do like to train with him. Um, which you had said something earlier that you think that our relationship's not as bad as I may think it is. Um, so is there? You think I need to work on my relationship with him, or just? do the food thing differently and then that will kind of like straighten well to, out. yeah so to be fair and honest i think that because of the bite and what had happened i think it's going to be very hard for you to you know bounce back completely from yeah what you need to do uh as far as like um like he like i said like he punched you in the face and you know it so yeah I, hesitant I, yeah yeah there's always going to be that that in in there and that's like i said that's okay that's normal um Mm -hmm. but but again like things that i would be doing is just um yes you can work on your uh impulse control you can work on hand feeding you can work on diversifying where the food comes from um you can do all that stuff and and it'll be helpful for your relationship but again you know you said in the beginning like you're a lot of love not a lot of not as much leadership not as much um 
I guess, structure, discipline, all that stuff. So I would be working on, I would be working on all that stuff to help like impulse control with thresholds. So same stuff, go into a door, putting him in a sit stay and then releasing him. You could do all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know to do that. It's just sometimes, you know, like you're trying to get ready for work. You got to feed the dogs. You just kind of like let them run out the door. But lately, you know, we've kind of been trying to get back to the basics. That's what I always try to keep in my mind is just doing that stuff every day. So we've been, yeah, you just, he, he's just not that dog. You can't do that with him. You just can't like, he's, he's not the type of dog. Like he's not the lab that you're like, yeah, screw it. I don't care. So if you tell him, Hey, yeah. sit and he blows you off and you're like, I'm late for work. That's not mm-hmm. the type of dog you want to do that for. Cause he's got your number yeah. and you're in, you're yeah. in trouble. So like again, it'd be, while. it'd be better off to take your time or it'd be, It'd yeah. be, it'd be better off for you to just not, not ask him to do that. Cause the minute he like, that's the thing, like, like you said, like if that's your relationship where he pushes boundaries with you, that's why he mm-hmm. feels comfortable with telling you like, Hey, get away from my food. Or I'm going to punch you in your face where he's not yeah, going to do that. Yeah. And he may not I do that with that. Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> so that's something I need to work on too. Like outside of food. That's what I was asking. Just outside of food, working on that relationship and you know, yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Like I said, like if he's so used to pushing, pushing boundaries and knowing he can get away with stuff, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be really difficult for, you know, for you guys yeah. to break through that. Um, yeah. I think he sees me more of like a friend or like a play thing. Cause we have a pool and we'll swim in the pool together and he will like literally get on my back. Like he'll swim on my back and hold on to me. And he was like, just hanging on and I'm, you know, swimming him around the pool and I hold him and, we lay down on the towel together. Like we are more like buddies. And <laughs> so I think that's another reason why. And then I was trying to like, I don't know, um, do what Derek does with him, but it obviously just works different because he sees me differently yep. than he sees Derek. So like the things that Derek does with him are not going to work for me. Yep. So exactly. But I've written down, I've taken a lot of notes. Um, yeah. So okay. appreciate you. And your yeah. time. All right. All right, you guys. Good good luck with everything. Well, Thank I appreciate you. it. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye-bye. First one comes from Brandon Niles. Five-star review. Your videos and podcasts have helped me build a beautiful relationship with my 95-pound Great Dane Husky mix. My question is, is, how do I train my dog to view heel as a position on my left side and not just the command just to slow down? Um, well, if your dog is slowing down and they're on your left side, that would complete the task here. Um, but let's get a, when I walk my dog on the leash and say heel, he slows down until he is in the heel position and matches my speed of walking, which is perfect. However, if we are off leash and I tell him to come and then heel, sometimes he goes, Oh, well, this is where I do the finish command. So, uh, the finish command is essentially the dog wrapping around your body and ending up on your left side. So this happens often where we get dogs in that don't know uh, this, this, this is what happens. They come when you say recall or when you say come, they do recall and then they get to you and they run away or they get to you and they touch you and then they go away or they get to you and they end up in the wrong spot. So the finish command is the command that you want, which essentially will end up wrapping the dog around you and put you on, put the dog in the left side. I do have a video of it on YouTube. It's with a golden retriever named rookie at my old facility, let me see if I can find it. Tom Davis finish command. Um, I'm just searching on YouTube. 
Um, but I did do it. Um, but that's what you would do. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see. I don't know. Let me see. Hold on. I'm, I'm looking on my YouTube channel right now. Um, I don't, I can't find it. Um, it might be just Tom Davis recall command. Oh, I love this old facility. I should go there and just, I should go there and just train that just no context, just all of a sudden, just new, uh, <laughs> just a new video in that building. People would be like, what the heck? Okay. Here it is. The fastest way to teach my dog to come recall training. This is, uh, with rookie. Uh, so this is a great opportunity for you to learn the finish command. I'll say it again, fastest way to teach my dog to come plus recall training. I always say like, I'm going to link it in the description, but I forget. So that's what it is. Go to my, that's, that's it. Um, yeah, that's going to help you with that. All right. Next question comes from Lozard three, trusting your dog again. Hey, Tom, five star review. I've started fostering dogs in the last year and realized I need more training. Thank you for this podcast. If more context is needed, I'd be happy to provide it. I just don't know. I don't want to bombard you for information. Well, thank you for that. Because sometimes when I'm trying to do these um, questions and they're six pages long, it's like, it, it's it's a lot. My current foster got into a fight with one of my other dogs a couple months ago, and she has been in the home for about two weeks interacting with my dogs and cat in the house and outside supervised without an issue. The fight happened outside. She bit my dog after being corrected for rough play. I was about five feet away to break it up and ch- by choking her out. Everyone was okay. One bite and then just held on. I realized it may have been too soon to let them be off leash together. There has been no issues since, but times that I've been uncomfortable with my interactions and redirected her to me. My question is, is can I trust her again? I think you can. Um, it's sometimes when dogs are new, they have that like nervous energy. So that happens. Um, I think it's totally normal and fair to be recalling her when you get nervous i'd be doing the same thing but i think you have to just take the time out to outweigh the the situation so if you spend the next six months without incidences um there's a good chance you know that's six months to that one you know first week that you had them or whatever um so i I think yes some dogs are you know they get into fights just like with siblings they they fight each other but they still love each other and they get along fine um but i think right now if they're okay and they're fine um the only thing that's really honestly the only thing that's going to help with this is time so the amount of time that you spend with the dogs um just because maybe in the beginning like you said you let let them off leash too early um and yeah. So your foster dog got into a fight with one of your dogs a couple months ago. Um, so if they've been fine for a couple months and it was just that one incident, um, that's really the only thing that you can do. I would just be lit. You know, the other thing to keep your head safe, uh, from stress is to, uh, separate them in the house every now and then. So that way you don't have to worry. Um, things like that. But it, if they've been fine for a couple months and they had that one incident, it could happen again. But the fact that it's been 60 days, plus without it happening um i think you know as far as like dogs like there's dogs who just don't like each other and then once they get into a fight they fight every day that's not you i think the dogs got into a spat it certainly could happen again but it hasn't so i there's no right or wrong answer because i don't know you know what it was about i mean they overcorrected and then boom they fought and that's normal so i just think like use your time to your advantage we've gone 60 plus days without an incident. So the odds are on our sides of like this not happening again. So you just have to take a little bit more time. All right. The next one, OMIJ 
W, probably my favorite dog training podcast, four-star review. Uh, two questions. What's the most effective way to wear a tired of board? What's the most effective way to wear a board dog out? Um, she's very intelligent and traditional puzzles, etc. Don't keep her busy for more than two minutes. I'm back to work. Um, three months of maternity leave and between the new baby and the dog needs, uh, been struggling to have enough time to do it. Well, if you, there's, there's not much you can do if you don't have the time, you have to put in the time with the dog. If you have a like really high energy dog and you physically aren't putting in the time, there's nothing that you can buy. That's going to replace that. There's no toys. There's no puzzles. There's no, there's nothing that you can do to replace that period. So if you simply don't have the time, you can't, that's the answer. Um, because it, it just it's impossible. If if you're if if you can't, there's physical things that you can do to tire a dog out, but there's no mental things that you can do to tire a dog out without you being involved. So if you don't have the time, you don't have the time. There's nothing you can do about that. It's like um, doing a run. You're like, I don't really have time to go for a run, but how can I go for a run without actually doing it? You can't. You have to do it. Number two, she's reactive to dogs, bikes, and joggers. We have a great house with obedience, but terrible out house obedience. So that's just levels of obedience. That means your basic obedience is good, but your advanced obedience outside is not good. That's all that is. Anybody that has problems with their dogs outside and not inside, it's just a level of obedience. It's just basic to intermediate. That's all it is. It's not this big mystery of like, holy crap. It's very, very simple. You can ride your bike with training wheels, but if you take them off, you can't because you don't know how to ride a bike. Does it make sense to pause working on her obedience outside and introduce it to the e-collar inside to work on? No, nope, 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 nope. Doing it backwards. You have to work on the stuff that you want to work on first. Don't jump to, don't jump to another piece of equipment. That's just basic obedience. Your dog is, you don't have, you don't have the obedience and you haven't put in the proper work to get your dog to be outside and do these things. That's all there is to it. Um, yeah. So no, I wouldn't go with e-collar. I would start working on the basics and build your dog up. But again, it kind of sounds like you don't have a lot of time. So it's, it's something that you have to do. So no, I, I would not go to a different e-collar or a different tool such as the e-collar. I would work on your obedience because that's what's happening is the lack of advanced obedience is what's causing your dog to fall apart outside. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you head over to the iTunes review chart to leave your question, and I will answer it next episode. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Bye. Have a good day, bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. 
I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.